0: Hello, my name is Jason King, and you're listening to the seventh podcast of the Health Policy and Advocacy Nursing Network, also known as HPAN. We are now two weeks into the second half of the Indiana legislative session. We have approximately three weeks left for the House and Senate committees. As a reminder as to where we are, the next critical deadlines are April 15th for the House and April 16th for the Senate. By those dates, House bills must have passed out of the Senate and Senate bills must have passed out of the House. In this podcast, I'd like to share a summary of some of the bills that we have been following since the beginning of the session. This past week did not bring a lot of movement on several of the bills that we've been following, but one that did move was Senate Bill 188, which is the Nurse Faculty Loan Repayment Program. The House Education Committee amended and passed the bill 12 to 0. The amendment adds a $10 surcharge to nurse licensure fees to fund the Nurse Faculty Loan Repayment Program. According to Blaine Miley from the Indiana State Nurses Association, at this level of funding, the program would be able to provide approximately 100 grants per year to nursing faculty if each participant receives the maximum allowance of $5,000. Likely, the bill will go before the House Ways and Means Committee, which is where last year's bill faltered. Blaine also provided perspective to Indiana's current $50 RN license fee by comparing it to our surrounding states. Illinois charges $125, Kentucky $165, Michigan $126, and Ohio $135. On Wednesday, March 20th at 9 a.m., the Senate Health and Provider Services Committee will feature House Bill 1344, which is the nurse licensure compact. This is a very important bill for nurses in Indiana. Those who support this bill believe that the compact will enable nurses to practice in-person or provide tele-nursing services to patients located across the country without having to obtain additional licenses. Indiana nurses would then be able to practice here at home while also serving patients in other compact states. Like I stated before, it is likely that the committee will amend the House bill to add the $25 fee in order to keep it from being recommitted to Appropriations Committee, which has control over all discretionary spending legislation in the Senate. If amended, both bills would then be similar in language, which appears to be the best compromise for this bill to eventually become a law. As a reminder, if you cannot make it to the State House on Wednesday, you may watch it through the live stream at the Indiana General Assembly website, which is www.iga.in.gov. Once you get to the website in the top right portion of the screen, you will see upcoming meetings. Scroll over to Wednesday and you will find the committees listed below. Click on the camera icon to watch the committee live. If you cannot watch it live, they also archive all of the committees to watch later. As an update, Senate Bill 436, which is the Senate version of the Nurse Licensure Compact, passed out of the Senate and is currently before the House Statutory Committee on Interstate and International Cooperation, which is the same committee that passed the House version. Another bill that is being closely watched but has not been in my podcast to this point is House Bill 1275, the Sepsis Task Force. This bill originally required hospitals to implement evidence-based sepsis protocols regarding recognition, treatment, and staff training. The bill was amended to form a task force to create protocols for a variety of settings, both community-based and in healthcare facilities. The concern around this bill is the idea of legislating certain protocols that healthcare providers must follow. This would allow little flexibility for the provider based on the assessment of the patient, Instead, the bill author and interested parties are working on a suitable amendment to the current bill text. Expectations are that this bill will be amended such that hospitals will be required to have a standardized approach to sepsis treatment versus an adopted protocol. On February 5th, the House passed House Bill 1275 and it's been assigned to the Senate Health and Provider Services Committee, which again convenes this Wednesday, March 20th. As an update for Senate Bill 394, which is the Advanced Practitioner Collaborative Agreement Bill, the original bill allowed APRNs that have practiced for at least one year under Collaborative Practice Agreement to prescribe without one, and allowed APRNs to serve as collaborating practitioners. On January 23, the Committee on Health and Provider Services heard testimony on the bill. On February 6, the committee amended the bill to remove the ability of APRNs to serve as collaborators, and by July 1, 2022, will remove the ability of podiatrists, dentists, and optometrists to serve as collaborators. The APRN must practice under a collaborative agreement for three years before the requirement is removed and must practice in the same practice area as under the collaborative agreement. APRNs are required to establish a referral plan and to have post- and to post prominently in patient waiting areas if practicing without a collaborative practice agreement. As a reminder, the Indiana State Medical Association has proposed an amendment to lengthen the term of the collaborative agreement to 10,000 hours, which is approximately five years versus the stated three. The Board of Nursing must issue a report this October regarding the clinical training of APRNs. During the first half of the session, the Senate passed Senate Bill 394, which is now before the House Public Health Committee, but has not received a hearing to date. House Bill 1444, which taxes e-liquids, advanced out of the House and has been assigned to the Senate Committee on Appropriations. As it stands now, the bill would tax four cents for every fluid millimeter. The concern is that the jewel products, which are very popular with youth, only have approximately 0.7 fluid millimeters. This means that this proposed tax would have zero ability to act as a deterrent. Therefore, early indications are that the Senate is interested in hearing this bill and changing the taxing structure such that e-liquid vaping products are taxed in the same way to traditional tobacco products. Namely, Advocates are stressing that these products should be taxed at 24% of wholesale cost, creating parity with traditional tobacco products. This bill has yet to receive a hearing date. Senate Bill 12, Bias Crimes Bill, has been assigned to the House Courts and Criminal Code. As you know, on Senate 3rd reading, the bill was struck of its list of characteristics and instead gives judges broad authority to consider bias when sentencing. There is still time for the House to reinstate the list of protected classes and produce a real bias crimes bill. Without a list of protected classes, Indiana's bias crimes bill will not produce an effective enforceable law. Indiana is one of only five states that does not have a bias crimes bill. The importance of this issue is twofold. First, we know that as providers of health care, we must do all that we can to ensure a healthy living environment for all members of our community. Second, it allows us to attract and or retain diverse talent. This issue deserves a hearing in response to the demands of 74% of Hoosiers who support meaningful bias crimes legislation. It has been four years since the House has had a hearing on bias crimes bill, and as of now, this bill has not been assigned a date for hearing. Please contact your representative today and show your support for a bill that lists the protected classes. As a reminder from my last podcast, I recommend you search for the Capital Call app, Please search for Capital Call, spelled C-A-P-I-T-O-L. With this app, you can enter your street address and find all of your elected officials at the local, state, and federal levels. This app provides all of the phone numbers from your local officials all the way up to and including the President of the United States. This app easily connects you to all the websites, physical street addresses, and all of the social media contacts of each elected official, where applicable. In addition to finding your legislators, you can take action, keep up with the latest news, and register to vote, including access to polling, election, and ballot information. Again, download the Capital Call app so you can stay informed and take action whenever needed. Remember to also visit the website for the Indiana General Assembly, www.iga.in.gov, to find your legislators, stay up to date on Indiana's latest bills, and watch live stream video of the committees and chambers. If you're looking for an opportunity to advocate, but you don't know how to begin or want help, please contact me at jking at iuhealth.org, and I will gladly help you to get involved where you feel the most comfortable. If there is ever any content that you'd like for me to cover, please let me know. I hope that you're not only listening, but also contacting your legislators to show your support or opposition to these bills. I will continue to update you on the Indiana legislation as we move through the second half of the session. You can follow me on Twitter at jking IUH or email me at jking at iuhealth.org. As a unified team, together we can lead the transformation of healthcare through quality, innovation, and education and make Indiana one of the nation's healthiest states.